Talk CDL is brought to you today by National Carriers. National Carriers is a reefer company in Dallas with nice T680s looking for lease purchase drivers. Call them at 888-311-7076. We're also brought to you by Carter Lumber. Carter Lumber has over 160 locations uh, east of the Mississippi, and they are looking to hire Local home every day, class A and class B drivers. You can check them out at carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. There's a little form there for you, carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. And we are also brought to you by LoadSmart Camions. LoadSmart, that is, that's K A M I O N S. Break even calculator. Today, with the cost of fuel through the roof, the break even calculator is something that every owner operator or small or big trucking company needs. And you can find that at Camion, K A M I O N dot I O forward slash talk CDL. It's a free download and it will show you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. It'll help you save money. Camion dot I O forward slash talk CDL. Get their break even calculator today. Hello, Ruthann. Hello, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, so much going on in trucking right now. I don't even know where to start. Um, I, we've got a blitz coming up here in July. We're going to talk about that today. I've got an interesting, really crazy, weird story that I didn't see on any of the big sites this week. Um, a, a trucker kind of got in trouble trying to uh, douse a one-year-old kid in flammable liquid at a truck stop and light him on fire. Uh, a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I've got that story and a couple other things, but, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this week, one of our good friends got fired at a trucking company. Yeah, it happens, but he was a really good at his job. Yeah, I mean, well, and this is this is what I want to talk to people about is, now, he was a safety director at a, a, a trucking company, and... The problem was he and the operations man couldn't get along. That that makes for a very hard office relationship when you want to butt heads with each other. Yeah, and, and I would tell anybody that's out there, you know, you got a tough job to do. Trucking is, we all know trucking is one of the toughest industries there is. And, and if you're an operations manager... They call that the battle zone. If you're the guy in the operations over everything, you're in the go to hell, the FU mm-hmm. uh, division. That's, you know, you've got an operations manager, depending on the size of the trucking company, he's got dispatchers that are dealing with drivers. And, and it's just, you know, you've got crazy stuff going on all day long. And an operations guy has got to have, he's got to be pretty tough. He's got to have thick skin. And then you've got your safety director, which is, you know, the opposite of the company. And he's also over recruiting usually. Um, and the safety director himself, uh, you know, he's got a job to do. He's got, you know, in, in fact, both, both guys, safety and operations, usually wear many hats. They usually do because there's not, you know, when you're a safety director, you do have a lot to do to oversee the trucks, not only that, but a lot of times in the safety division, similar recruiting, operations, dispatch, they all end up not having 
the companies don't have enough people to spread out to do individual jobs. So safety ends up going and doing a little bit of recruiting, or they might do a little bit of operations. Then you have operations having to flow over into some of the other departments, mainly because of the fact they don't have enough personnel to do each division fully, because safety takes a lot of time up. Right, but safety and operations are the uh, total opposite on the, on the spectrum. Um, and normally they don't get involved in each other's jobs. But what happens is, okay, and, and here's really what happens. If, if a safety director is over-recruiting and you have drivers that quit or have issues, a lot of times operations comes back and they want to point the finger to the recruiting department on why there's a troublesome driver there or why a driver quits or blah, blah, blah. And I'll get into that in a second. But what I wanted to say, though, first off, you know, most trucking, a lot of trucking companies today have gone to separating safety and recruiting. In the old style trucking company, safety, the safety director was over the recruiting department. Okay. And he, you know, the, a driver couldn't get approved to come into orientation until the safety director signed off on him. Um, you know, the safety director was the guy looking over everything. But the problem with that was if there was, if there was an accident, okay, that day. And let's say recruiting had, you know, let's just, let's just take, say, a 200-truck company. Let's say, let's say they, they had... Um, Recruiting had 10 applications that are completed for the safety director to look at, but there was an accident that day in the company, and the safety director, his attention, his attention now is on the accident. Right. Okay, so he, uh, his natural reaction is going to be, well, recruiting can wait. Yeah, because he feels as though the accident was more important, which... 90% of the time, of course, it is. Okay. And, you know, we can say that's more important, but, okay, is it more important now if there's a death? Yeah. But here's the problem. To safety, it's more important. But right. To, but to recruiting, you got 10 applications, and everybody knows in the trucking industry how important every driver application is. And so now let's say you had 10 applications that needed approval, and the safety director had the attitude of, hey, man, you're just going to have to wait. And now you've got drivers calling recruiters saying, yay, was I approved yet? And, of course, they can't give them the answer of yes. Right. And so now what happens? The driver goes and he takes another job somewhere else to another company that approves him quicker. And so the battle begins now between safety and recruiting. The driver, drivers don't wait. No, they don't. They they. They don't have a. They don't have to wait when it comes to technology today. Also, when it comes to all the ways to get them approved, the the only way that a, a driver has to wait is the companies that he worked for. If the VOE needs to come back, but when you were saying about the importance of the accident, and I had answered that it is to them. It is to them. Each person, their job is is that division or that department of it is most important. So the safety director is not going to look at it like you said. You're going to wait. 
to the driver and to the recruiters, and then that's where the recruiting department bats heads with the with the safety. And that, that's what I was going to say. Um, that's where the fight begins because the safety director he's got a job to do, but the recruiting director or the recruiting manager or even just the recruiter has a job to do also. Right. So let's say the recruiting comp- the recruiting side. Of the, of the company works all week and now there's an issue where safety can't get to the applications and, and give, give them the approval. Well, now, you know, right away, the, the recruiting side is going to be flipping out because now at the end of the week, they, they don't get any drivers coming in to replace any empty trucks. Mm-hmm. And so now whose ass is in a sling for the week? The recruiting department is. So now in the in the in the Monday morning meeting, now when they go, well we don't we only got one driver in orientation and we got five empty trucks. Sorry, sorry owner of the company. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, right away the, the the recruiting department's pissed off at the safety department because they they held them up. Right. And so now you know, they could say, well, safety screwed us up. We had it on his desk, and, and we lost the drivers because the drivers don't wait. And then safety comes back and says, well, I had an accident to deal with. That's why a lot of trucking companies now, they have a, a guy that can understand. First off, it's not it's not rocket science being able to approve a driver. You pull his PSP, his DAC, his MVR, his criminal background. You get everything in the gate, and you look at it, and you say, okay, here's the guidelines. It, does he meet it? He's got a clean MVR. He doesn't have any accidents. He doesn't have this. Why does safety need to sign off on something like that? They don't. They don't. No. They absolutely don't. In fact, you should have a guy that is over-recruiting or that is the recruiter that can say, I'm bringing him in. You know what? If something comes back that the driver lied, well, you know, you send him home. It's no big deal. It's the same thing if safety would approve him. Exactly. But the bottom line is you don't hold up a process because another department has a more what he thinks is a more important job. Correct. And that's what I was saying. Right. So so that's what that's what happens in those departments. Now, going back to this safety director that was fired. We know the guy. He's a friend, like you said. We've got a lot of friends in drivers, recruiting, safety, operation, you know, all that stuff, you know. And this particular guy like you said, was really good at his job. Yeah, I think he was. But he batted heads with the operations guy. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to tell anybody out there, you know, that operations is more important than safety. But when you're at your job, you should try to know your place. I mean it. You should know that, okay, this guy has been here 10 years. And, I'm, and in fact, the safety guy that we know is only there less than two years. The other guy had been there like 15 years. So he got fired because whenever a driver would quit operations, the operations manager was sending the safety director an email saying, you know, you, you keep hiring these bad drivers. But <laughs> and 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 so it goes down to whose fault is it now that the driver quit? And so the safety dire- safety. Well, see, that's the problem with a lot of operations people. They blame recruiting and safety. Because they, they think that the recruiting department brought in people that were liars, cheaters. You know, like they don't, they don't realize that if they would have signed off on them, 
it'd be the same thing. You can't tell what a person's like until after they come in, first of all. Second of all, when a driver comes in and he starts working, which this is what you're going to say, and I cut you off to try and get it out. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> when, when the drivers come in, they, the operations is just that. They're the ones that operate everything when it comes to the trucks and where, what they're doing. So that's, that's who the, the company depends on to make sure everything runs. And if the driver comes in, he could be a perfect driver. But if operations don't do their job properly, what's going to happen, Troy? Well, and I was going to exactly touch on that. What I believe is when truck drivers quit a company, I believe it's 99% operational issues. I believe you. Now, here's the only time that you can say that it's recruiting. If, if drivers are coming and quitting within a week or two, like an, an abundance of it, I'd say then they're being lied to. Right. Okay. But other than that, when you get a, when you get a driver that starts with a trucking company and let's, let's, let's check the boxes for a second. His MVR is good. Yep. He's got a, a decent work history. Okay, and he doesn't have like a, bad, a lot of bad references. Plus, the guy's very cooperative with recruiting and safety. He's not a jackass, you know, and he's and he's he's just uh, uh, he's got a positive attitude, all that stuff. Well, you're bringing a guy uh, from from that angle. You see, it, that's a good driver. Then all of a sudden, a month or two later, right? A month or two later, he's a total different driver. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, he's not maybe he's not getting home like he was promised. And see, this is what I was going to say. Recruiting can only tell the driver what operations tells them they can do for them. So right. recruiting is the representative of operations. It really, it's the truth. So uh, uh, let's, for example, a recruiter might tell a driver, okay, we're going to get you home every two weeks. Here's your pay, and here's the average miles. Okay. Well, and here's the, here's the equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you this is the truth. The equipment... You, the only way the recruiting department knows what is available is comes from either the shop or operations. They say, okay, we've got a 22, we got a 19, we got this, whatever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times a driver will come in, and I've talked to drivers that have gone to different companies, and they'll say, yeah, I was promised a brand new Kenworth, and I got there, and I'm in a Mac. Right. That's not what he was told. Yeah. You, you already are hiring your own turnover when you do that. Or for example, remember when we worked for Elderlight, we were, um, we were running for that casket company in Indiana years ago. And what do you remember the, I'll, I'll never forget the recruiting call ever. The guy's name was Glenn Craig, <laughs> really nice guy, right? He was from Indiana and I, I had called about an ad well, actually, I think I met a driver that told me about it, and I called them, and he's there. We lived in Pennsylvania at the time, and the, rec- the he was the recruiter and safety guy. And and Glenn says to me, um, you need to, because I told him I need to be home every weekend. Remember, we were trying to find a home weekend job. And we lived off of 78 in Pennsylvania. He's there, will you take New York loads? I said, I'll take I'll take New York every every week. Give it to me, man. I don't care. I've run Brooklyn a million times. So he he literally right there yells over to the ops guy, hey, I got this guy, Troy, on the phone. He said he'll run in New York as long as you can get him home every week. He goes, they love you already. Come on down. And so I go to work for them. 
the first maybe two, three weeks, I get home every week. After that, it's every couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, I stayed there a few years. Right. But the bottom line is, they it was, is it was just an outright BS lie. Okay. So I, I could have been typical and said, F this, I'm going to go looking for another job. But I didn't. But no. yeah. Because it was still a good job. Right. And a lot of times these drivers, uh, I was talking to a driver the other day. He said, he's at this company, they get him home every weekend, right? And he said, the last three weeks, He's supposed to be home on a Friday. He's only running three states, Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois. This is what this guy does. So it's not hard to get the guy home when he lives right in the middle. He Mm -hmm. lives in Ohio, right? And they said the last three weeks in a row, Friday morning, they knew where he was unloading, and they didn't have a load for him. By the end of the day, he had to deadhead home, and and, uh, they totally messed his pay up because he could have been running a load for that day. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's, he's probably going to quit this guy. It, so all I'm saying is that's an operational issue. Right. You know, you, you, you have a dispatcher, and I know this company, that you have a dispatcher that can get freight. It's not that hard. There's freight everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a lazy dispatcher. He doesn't have the guy pre-planned, so he, he, he knows the guy's emptying out in Dayton, Ohio, Right. And he's two hours from his home, and all he's got to do is get him a load. And and the guy's willing to deliver it on a Saturday if if need be also. Mm-hmm. So he's flexible. But guess what? They got they got a dispatcher that's not doing what he's supposed to do. So now this guy's gonna quit, and then they're gonna probably come back and go, so you hired another bad driver. And and they're going back and forth and they were fighting. They were fighting this this safety director and this operations manager. Operations kept, you know bitching about the drivers but the safety director said they were fine when they got here they were good drivers when they got here after a month or two working under you guys now they're wanting to quit Mm -hmm. so i would just say that everybody wants to pass the buck that is true everybody wants to blame each other for the problem and you know if if we're being honest about the different departments fighting with each other over why a driver quits. I blame safety. I blame recruiting. I blame operations. All that blame game. Let me tell you something. Really what it comes down to is is the industry. You know, you're, these guys are gone from their home a week, two, three weeks at a time. It wears on them. The mm-hmm. trucking, and, trucking is just not for everybody, Ruthann. No, it's not. So I would just tell everybody, you know, I would, I would tell all you safety directors, you know, know your place. Opera- usually the operations guy is takes takes precedent over everybody and if if you can't get along in your trucking company you know your your time is probably limited there well uh, i would say yeah know your place don't get involved in the other departments stay in your own but also if there's drivers leaving you know find out what the reasonings are and keep looking at them they're going to be telling you what your problem is, where your turnover is going to stop. You know, if, if it's, if it happens to be, you know, dispatch or if it happens to be, you know, the recruiter lied, or if it happens to be, you know, something else, it's going to come out. Drivers don't come in and say the same thing over and over and over and it be something else. It's going to be whatever they keep saying, whether it's their equipment, even home time. Hey, 
you know, I was told I was going to get this many miles and I'm not getting near that. That's, that's a part where you have to look at, you know? Do you remember when we used to work with that, that retention company? Like I'm talking 15 years ago, we we used to have, we were involved in a, in retention. And what we used to do is, uh, we had people that would interview, uh, we would, uh, when a trucking company had a driver quit, we would interview the driver and find out why, and it was all done on graphs, find out why he quit and the reasoning. And there was this company in Indiana that had a, um, they were, they hauled oversized, they were overhaulers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they wanted us to find out why their drivers were quitting. Okay. They were losing um, a certain amount of drivers. And so we were doing these interviews and the drivers that were quitting within like 90 days, I think 50% of them or 70% of those drivers said the night dispatcher. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. He was, he was a, Total jackass. Every one of them kept saying, man, he, he wouldn't answer the phone. He wouldn't do this. He was rude. He was blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing they had was they, uh, a lot, uh, 10% of their drivers were quitting because they would turn in their toll receipts and they'd have to beg to get paid. Mm-hmm. And they, they just didn't like it. But the bottom line was this guy in the night dispatcher, um, was running people off. I mean, like you said earlier, the numbers don't lie, you know, and, and this was like a constant, you know, every time we would do it, this guy's name would come up. I was like, man, that's a, that's a pattern. I mean, obviously the graph was high for this one particular. So when we sat down and, and one of the, one of the reasons why we don't really do it anymore is because most trucking companies really don't want to know a lot of their own problems. It's the truth. It is true. When you sit down with a trucking company and you go, and this is what happened with us when we sat down with this trucking company. We said, hey, look, here's why your drivers are quitting on this particular uh, 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 graph right here. Um, you had, They had like 100 and some trucks, I think, and they had like 15, 20 drivers quit in 90 days You know, in that year um, because of this night guy. And so we told them, and then we found out, well, he was the owner's brother, yeah, brother-in-law. I think it was the owner's so, brother-in-law yeah. or something like that. He was married to the owner's wife or, you know, the owner's sister, the owner's sister's husband. Anyway, so this is where they stuck this guy. And, and, and I thought to myself, and, and after that, they, were, they didn't really want us to do any more work after we said, well, here's your problem, you know, and so, you know, it was a tough decision for them to make, and I don't think that they terminated the guy. But it made me think that's probably why he was on night dispatch because he couldn't get along with anybody. They stuck him where <laughs> when the place was almost empty, you know. Um, he so, should be in truck wash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I'm just saying. He, here's a guy that was running people off, but they didn't want to do anything about it. So, you know, you don't want to offend your sister. You, you're the owner didn't want to offend his sister by firing her husband. Or like you said, put them in a damn truck wash. But the bottom line is, you know, if you really want to know, look at your numbers. Yeah. Look at your numbers why drivers are quitting. If you have drivers that are quitting within a week or two, I would say that's a recruiting issue. That's definitely a recruiting right. issue. Um, and but, but if you have drivers that are quitting 
30, 60, 90 days out, a year, six months, whatever. That's, that's, that's always going to be an operational issue. Look in the mirror and straighten it out. If you've got a dispatcher that's, that, that is constantly having, like if you've got a, a bunch of drivers that are always calling you saying, hey, I want to change dispatchers, mm-hmm. okay, guess what? I would tell you if it's one certain dispatcher that they're always asking to change from, I know it's tough to find good workers right now, but if you got a guy that's running off drivers, you're better off getting rid of that dispatcher. Yeah, you're costing more money. But when you said if they leave within like a week or two, it could be recruiting. I agree with that mostly. Yeah, not always. I get it. You're yeah, right. Yeah, because when they're in orientation, they're going over everything the recruiter told them. So if the recruiter told them their mileage pay, their their travel areas, their home time, all that, orientation, those people in there go over all of that stuff with them to make sure that they're still correct. So if there was an issue, you usually find out in orientation where uh, a disconnect is being made. Then when the driver goes out and he's doing, like, he goes to get his tractor and he's like, wait a second, I was told I was going to get this tractor. That might be something that you have to take a look at. Or once they start getting out and they start going, then, you know, like if the miles aren't there or whatever. But, you know, a lot of times when the miles aren't there in that first couple weeks, the drivers, if it's not the drivers not wanting to do the miles, it's that someone was lying. Oh, and, and I agree with you. I've I've met drivers where they went to a trucking company and they got there and their first week they they're like half the miles they should be getting. Second week they're you know the truck is broken. Just so it's not always a recruiting issue in the first week or two. All I'm saying is, what you should do is you should say, you know, find out what like you said. What did the recruiter tell the driver? Mm-hmm. And it's normally gone over more by more than one person. And they, in fact, I always said have them sign off on their pay, their home time, and their equipment. That way, they can't come in and say, "Well, the recruiting department lied to me." That's actually a really easy fix. Right. If you just have you, the all these digital releases that they have now, if you just had a little, um, a little release that stated, "I'm just." checking off my pay. I'm checking off the truck. I'm, I was told I'd get, I'm checking off the home time I get. And even the running areas, guess what? It, it, now it's not a recruiting issue right? You at put, all. You put that, you put that little paper in when you're, when the driver's getting his travel information. Okay, listen, we're going to give you your travel information, um, in a couple hours, but we got to do this final checklist. You know, I, I've met trucking companies. I used to tell trucking companies that, Hey, why don't you guys just have a little form that the driver has to f- sign off on. And you know, 99% of them don't want to do that. I think it's because they, 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 they need, they need recruiting to blame. <laughs> they, <you> know, <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you want to do that? So anyways, that's just wanted to talk about this, this, rec- uh, not recruiter, but this safety director, they get fired, you know, go guys, if you're in there batting heads in, in the office, eventually one of you are going to get fired. And I would tell you right now, the one that's going to get fired is the one, honestly, that hasn't probably been there long enough or his job because safety safety directors are not as important as the operations guy. I'm going to tell you that right now. In a trucking, the operation guy makes the money for the company. The mm-hmm. safety guy the safety guy is the stern, I call him the axe man. He's the guy that, you know, is making sure the company's compliant. Yes, you need a good guy like that. But guess what? The guy that makes the money is always going to be the one they that they favor if he's a good operations manager. So you safety directors, be careful if you're fighting with operations. So anyways, uh, moving on, Ruthann. Moving on. Do you know um, the New York governor has suspended the tax fuel for fuel? I've seen that. You know, it's it's uh, 
I guess it's for the rest of the year for 2022. Right. What, so what is the tax? That, that would be the next question. How much is the tax on a gallon? Right now, the state's diesel tax rate is 15.55 cents per gallon. So 15. 15.55 cents per gallon. So if you're paying 550, now you're going to be down to four th- or f- 535. So you're, you're saving 15 cents, you know, at, at 100 to 200 gallons a pop. That's, that's a good savings. It's a good savings. And what they did is they just go ahead, um, went ahead and suspended it through the whole rest of this year. So nothing's going to happen again until 2023. And then beginning in June, Delaware and a few of the other counties are also going to be looking into the local sales tax in the same manner to continue. So they're trying to help drivers with with different taxes and so forth. You know, when a truck driver calls a, a recruiting department, the first question out of his mouth a lot of time is, do you do New York? Now the owner-operators would be like, hey, I want to go to New York. Save some money. Hey, I mean, if it's anything, you can get a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, every little bit counts today. I mean, it, it's it's the I'll be honest with you. I feel for owner-operators right now because especially, I'll tell you, especially an owner-operator that's pulling a drive van because in the last six to eight weeks, they went from making super good money to, wow. It's like mm-hmm. unbelievable. Unbe- the rates went down and the fuel went through the roof. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be a buzz killer, but they say it's not going to stop where it's at. And can I tell you something else? Hmm. It's not going to go down really much. You know why it's not going to go down? Hmm. Because the, the American people have proven, we have proven that we can afford it because nobody stopped driving. See, that's, that's the issue. Now, you look at why, why was fuel down a couple of years ago. Well, when COVID hit, nobody was driving. They had to mm-hmm. sell the fuel. There was nobody driving. Truck drivers will tell you, it was great. We were out on the road. You hardly seen a car. Well, that, that's when fuel was a, a buck something a gallon because they, have, they can't just let it sit. They got to sell right. it. So guess what? When they jacked the fuel up and COVID went away, guess what happened? Nothing. Everybody bitched and moaned a little bit. They're making jokes on Facebook. But guess what? They are legitimately, legitimately mm-hmm. driving, going traveling, doing their thing. They're not driving slow either. They're running like a racetrack down the road. Guess what? The American people can afford $75 to $100 of, of, of fill up on their gas tank. And I know somebody's bitching at me right now going, bullshit, Troy. But guess what? You guys proved, you're proving it too this administration to to the government to everybody that you can afford it by driving you know if everybody would have stopped driving when the prices went up Ruthann guess what they might have adjusted it but it's too late they know it's just like houses everybody thinks that that's going to cool off and go down the only mm-hmm. way it goes down is if you have a recession or a depression right. other yeah other than that the house prices ain't coming down rent ain't coming down fuel ain't coming down it's it's not why because you guys are paying for it yeah. you're actually pulling your money out every day and paying for the things that are being overcharged right now proving that we can afford it right as soon as the big guy is not going to sit there and say Okay, now that I got all this extra money in my pocket, I'm going to give some back to you. We're going to stop. We're just going to cut it off. I mean, New York doing that is like, oh my gosh, the people that tax so high, you know, going over the bridges and all the place that that sucks money out of the drivers is actually giving them a break. Yeah, New York, you know? there it, it's election time also. You know, what I mean, you got to remember that. Everything is always over around election. Well, They're look, looking to get elected. And here we go. It's coming. It's slowly going to come back around that. So if you want to see any changes that are going to come, it's not going to come yet. You're going to wait and see in another couple of years 
when all the all the all the election stuff starts coming out and everybody's gagging on it. Okay, and, and we don't want to get into politics. No. Actually, we despise politics. It makes me want to throw up. I'd rather the politics of trucking. <laughs> You know, because trucking is full of politics. But let's move on, Ruthann. How about we uh, talk about another sponsor? How about DriveWise? DriveWise. What? A, you know, we're getting we're getting emails from from drivers and little companies saying we use DriveWise. We love DriveWise. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's D R I V E W Y Z E dot com, and you know, it's 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 an app based uh, scale. Uh, Avoider, or whatever you want to call it, a bypasser, rather. So if you want to bypass the scales without having a, a machine put in your truck, um, just go online to drivewise.com, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. Get the app, and uh, guess what? You're rolling. It, it's that quick. You're rolling by the scales that fast. So drivewise.com, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. Ruthann, also, you're... Your buddies over there at JJ Keller. They've, JJ Keller has been a sponsor of the show for many years, and people love JJ Keller. I love JJ Keller, and I don't use them. <laughs> you know, JJ Keller is one of those people that's kind of like I don't want to say like in the background, but they're like it's almost like the little symbols you see that you never take notice to. JJ Keller is that company. You know, what I mean, they're mm-hmm. the trucker secretary. They handle all DOT paperwork. If you're a small company, a big company, no job is too small. Um, call them at eight eight eight. If you're short-staffed, these people can really give you a hand. 888-601-2017. And Ruthann, we've got one last sponsor to mention, and that's driving-tests.org. And I want to tell you, uh, a good friend of ours uh, from the show failed their CDL test recently and is having problems. And well, I've told them, I said, listen, they're, they're going to a school where they're paying, I think it's $7,000, okay? And I told them, listen, this is $49.95 for the month. Use it for a month. They guarantee you that you'll pass or your money back. It's a, you get at least a guarantee with these people, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, duh, add it. You know, in fact, if you're a trucking school, go to driving-tests.org and sign up today for the guarantee of your students passing their CDL. Moving on, Ruthann. Moving on. Moving on. You know, we just got back from vacation, so I'm like kind of in the cloud. In the cloud. Um, we were on an island fishing, and you got, you got a bad sunburn. I did, yeah. because someone didn't properly spray sunblock on my back. Oh, I did. You just... You can't, the Florida sun's killer. You know, I'm usually the guy with the sunburn and you were like all burned up and I wasn't. That was pretty cool. Not that I want you to be sunburned. I did spray you properly. I sprayed you down, girl. Here, I want to tell you about that story. Remember I was telling you about that story about that trucker that allegedly, no, I'm going to use the word allegedly, allegedly tried to set a one-year-old on fire at a, a, a Love's truck stop in New York. I'm 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 flabbergasted by that. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I believe it, but it's 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 literally in in an, in an article here. It says a Florida truck driver. Oh, he's from Florida. A Florida truck driver after uh, was arrested after allegedly doused a one-year-old in flammable liquid and tried to light the child on fire at a gas station in Tyre, New York. Um, it says around 5:30 a.m. on Tuesday morning. The Seneca County Sheriff's Office responded to a Love's truck stop 
after a report of fires inside the building, police said in the press conference on Wednesday. Upon arriving at the scene, police say they located two suspects who allegedly started and attempted to start the fires. And the two, one of whom has been identified as Jamie Avery Jr., were immediately detained. Upon further investigation, sheriff's deputy found that the two were in the company of a one-year-old child that was covered in flammable liquid, said Sheriff Timothy Luce, adding that the child was rushed to Geneva General Hospital. It is alleged that the two suspects poured a flammable liquid on the one-year-old child and attempted to light the child on fire inside the building, police said. Luckily, the two were unsuccessful. Um, how crazy is that? Now, you know what I, I realized? It doesn't say he was a trucker. So he might have been, like, pulled up pulled up at a... Uh, well, here, actually, no, I apologize. Here, it says, uh, after that, they found another four-year-old inside the cab of a tractor trailer at the scene with head injuries. So he was a trucker. Now, I don't... I can't see anybody lighting their own kid on fire or any little kid on fire. Well, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's kind gotta, of a, you have to go down to the demented minds of a person that abuses like that. Yeah. You know? Well, they used alleged like two or three times in the article. So my my guess is because um, they can't say that he did. You know, they can't say certain things just yet. He's being he's being detained and prosecuted. Mm-hmm. But. If you have a child, like they didn't say, you know, they just said a child. They didn't kind of give the definition of his children. That's true. It says a child. So I don't know. Bottom line is truckers don't light your kids on fire. And you know what? Allegedly, I'm going to use that word. (laughs) Moving on, Ruthann. Moving on. Check this article out. It's funny because it reminds me of back in my trucking days. It says, Georgia cops nab trucker who got stuck on back road for being massively overweight. And now here's really a bottom line. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to read to you what, what he did. Okay. So it looks like he was in a day cab. Okay. And he, but he's got a twin screw and it looks like it's a, an end dump, but I, I don't know why maybe his trailer length, but he was only, he could only scale a total of 56,000 pounds. That was his legal weight, not 80,000. His total legal weight was 56,000. He was caught on a back road. The reason he was caught, he was avoiding scales, obviously. And the reason why he got caught is because he, I guess, swung a turn too hard on these windy roads and uh, got stuck. So when they pulled him out, I guess DOT was there. They weighed him 121,100 pounds. He was 65,100 pounds overweight. I know you got a three thousand two hundred fifty-five dollar uh, fine, so that'll teach you not to avoid all those all those extra money he was making by avoiding the scales and hauling overweight. Just caught up to him. Wow, I, I'm just holy cow, going over that much, like double the weight. Absolutely, that is like wow. That's insane. So. Um, one last thing I want to talk about real quick, uh, starting July 10th through the 16th is going to be Operation Safe Driver Week, and seven seven things CDL Life has out that um, truck drivers should know about it, and I'm going to just go over them real quick. Okay. So number one, Operation Safe Driver Week is happening July 10th through the 22nd. 
um, in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So it's a good thing. Every you know the whole North America is involved in in uh, Safe Driver Week. Uh, number two, it says the purpose of Operation Safe Driver Week is to reduce the number of crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on North American roadways. Number three, law enforcement agencies will be targeting both commercial vehicles and passenger vehicles. So cars are not exempt from this. Cars are, yeah. If you're if you're out there driving that week, you're not going to be exempt. It it says the area of special emphasis for Operation Safe Driving Week um, is speeding. So the 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 main thing they're looking for is going to be speeders. It says law enforcement law enforcement will also uh, be on the lookout for dangerous driving behaviors, including distracted driving, following too closely, improper lane change, and drunk and drugged driving. You know, and it's the texters that are. I'm hoping they catch. I I agree because they're just as distracted, if not more, than than a drunk driver. Right. When it comes to sometimes, I mean, a drunk driver is trying to focus really tough on it, but texters they just they're everywhere. I know, as kids too, so, and anyways. So number six, during Operation Safe Driver Week 2021, law enforcement pulled over 28,148 people and uh, 17,910 passenger vehicles. So they did it last year for passengers. And then number seven, Operation Safe Driving Week 2021, law enforcement issued 10,486 warnings and 16,000 863 citations. That's just in one week. So they are going to be looking to slow you down, do all that. And you know what? It's a good thing, though. They, you know, to be honest with you, what they should do, Ruthann, they shouldn't even announce it. They shouldn't. They, ought to, they should just do the blitz. I mean, I don't understand why. They're, it's, like, it's like you're getting a test. What? Yeah, you're getting a test. Why well, tell them? It's not a pop test. Yeah. Not a pop quiz. It's it's to, they're giving you a chance to study. Yeah, exactly. So you know, bottom line, you know, I think they ought to just just do the damn blitz and and without warning. I I agree, actually. You know, before we go, I wanted to talk about one thing real quick. You and I were on our way to Orlando yesterday or the day before. Day before. And we were. It's a crazy story. We're on our way to Orlando, and we're going out. We get through Inverness, Florida, and a lot of you guys know where that's at. We're on 44, and we're headed towards the Turnpike, okay? All you do is you run into Wildwood right there by the Chrome. You pass the Chrome Shop, and you pass the Pilot, and then you get on I-75 South for like a quarter mile, and then you're on the Turnpike on your way on your way over to Orlando. Well, as we were halfway across 44... All I see is all these truckers coming the other way on 44 and then taking this little back road. And I already knew. What did I say to you? You said something's going on up there. I said there's, s- there's, a, there's a blockage. There's, there's something. Traffic's backed up. Something's happened up there. Yeah, I said there's got to be a, a bad accident or something because everybody's coming here to try to take this little shortcut to get down past, you know, whatever. And, I, and then you said, hold on, because we were in my car, you said... I wish I had my CB. <laughs> oh, and that's true. And I was like pissed off because I didn't have my CB. That's another show. But anyway, so we get up to Wildwood and it takes us almost an hour just to get through Wildwood. It was, it was really, really crazy. They have I-75 shut down. They have the turnpike shut down, 
right? And so we, Ruth Ann and I, we do this little joggy jog. We go up through the back roads and come out crazy, come all the way around. Finally, we get back on the turnpike down past where it was at. I mean, it must have took us two hours just to go um, 20 minutes worth of normal drive, okay? And uh, anyway, so we were trying to find the... What happened? What happened on I-75 or the turnpike that I'd never seen everything just shut down? It was insane. Finally, we get home that night, and I look it up, and here, talk about drunk driving. Mm -hmm. A a guy was driving drunk, and he clipped a pickup truck that was towing a trailer, made the pickup truck roll, and I believe the occupants in the truck, pickup truck, were all killed. This guy is going to prison for a long time. This guy is going to prison. I wonder if somebody caught that on dash cam. I'll bet you, I'll bet you somebody caught that on dash cam. I don't know. You said it happened like at 2 in the morning? Three, three, I think it was like 3.10 in the morning. It was, it was just, and it, I think it opened, the, they had it shut down until 10.38 or something like that. And you're talking about, major when when they a lot of times they'll reroute or they'll you know you can get around stuff but this was just an insane morning and and look i'm not complaining about the the holdup because somebody's lives were taken mm-hmm. uh, all i'm saying is you know anybody out there that is honestly i don't want to say arrogant i just want to say yeah i would say arrogant you're arrogant if you think you can handle it while you're drinking and going out and driving. Right. If you think, and, and, and I want to tell you something, this is the truth. Let's say you have two beers or three beers. You're buzzed. Even if you're not buzzed. Now, there are a lot of people out there, Ruthann, that can drink a six, I, I, I drank with friends that can drink a case and not even sound drunk. But the problem is what happens if, if you have a little tiny accident, you're going to jail. Yeah, it's going to happen. Even if it's not an accident where anything bad happens, but you you just you get you get rear-ended or something like that. Right? You're going to jail. So, I don't I don't want to call you stupid. I'm going to say you're just arrogant, Ruthann. Just you're arrogant to think that you're going to have a few drinks and then you I can handle it. I ain't like the rest of those guys. I can handle. There's you know there's truckers out there right now that are listening to this show, seriously, that are alcoholics and I feel for them. Okay? Mm-hmm. That can't put it down. Well, I'm going to tell you, and we've talked about this before on the show. If you're an alcoholic and you're driving a tractor trailer and, and you're, you're not sober, okay, there's a difference. Because an alcoholic will tell you, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I haven't touched something in 20 years. Right. Okay? That's a guy that knows. All right? But if you're a guy that's seriously taking sips, you got stuff in the cab, you're taking sips, I'm going to tell you right now, quit your job. It's not worth it. It's not worth driving if you could take one small chance where the other person even does something, but you happen to have any alcohol in you. It's not worth the chance that you just took. Quit your job and, and okay, oh, well, Troy, if I quit my job, I'm going to lose my house. Quit your job and lose your house. In fact, sell it. Everything's selling high right now. Sell your house. Check yourself in. Get help. And I mean it. Call me. I don't care. Contact the show. I'll try to help you. But I'm telling you right now, it's it's in the end. Well, I forget that guy's name that um, did the sh- did the margarita shots and drank the beer in Pennsylvania. He did it in New Jersey, and then he went over to Harrisburg and rear-ended, stopped traffic, and killed like a baby and a daddy and a couple other people. He's in, he's got he got 68 years in prison. He's in prison now for 68 years. He's not getting out. 
all because he didn't want to he, well, lose my house. Well, I don't want to lose my job. He's, he's now, he, he don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. Okay. He's now bunking with somebody in a, in a six by 10 cell for, for pretty much the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Guess what guys? It's, it's not a matter of if you get in trouble, odds are against you. It's going to happen. You cannot avoid it. One of these kids that are texting can come right over to you. You might not even be at fault. At fault. That's what I'm saying. But you might have your flask or whatever you might have going on in there and have any alcohol in you or in the cab itself. You don't even have to have it ingested in you. You just have to have it in your truck. Yeah. And you're in trouble. You're you're in a lot of trouble, okay, 100% when you blow, okay, and you, and you, and you're, because I, it's, alcohol is very, for a trucker, it's like 0.01 or something like that. It's, it's very, like, you cannot even have a half a beer in you. I'm serious. Right. You, you stop at a truck stop and chug a beer down. Your, your, your percentage is illegal lower than uh, somebody that gets caught in a car. That's mm-hmm. the truth. It's, it very is. You can look it up. Um, so all I'm saying is get help. Quit your job. I don't care if you lose your house. It's better than losing your life. It's better than killing somebody. Mm-hmm. It is. The, the worst, let me tell you something, just so you know, if you're comparing things, the worst thing that can happen, okay, will happen if you stay driving with, with booze in you. Okay, it, the, the other part of losing your house or losing your job and, and your career being on hold and maybe being homeless even for a little bit, it's not, it, trust me, if you're sitting in a prison for the next 40, 50 years, all right, you're going to be wishing that you were homeless and living on the outside and you're going to be wishing that you would have gotten help because the alternative is worse. It really is, Ruthann. I agree. So... Anyways, I just wanted to mention that accident. It was a bad one. And if any of you drivers were caught in it, send us a message and, and let us know. We probably went by you. Um, anyways, Ruthann, that is the podcast for the week. It is. Yeah. Do you have a, a word of the day or anything like that for anybody? I do. Limpet. So limpet. L-I-M-P-I-T. Limpet. Limpet. What is? And this is by Word Genius. I like to always announce it. They're not a, a sponsor of the show, but... We love Word Genius, and we've adopted them. And Ruth Ann's been kind of getting smarter over the years. I, I, I have. You're still slow on it. But yeah. yeah, I'm very slow. I, I don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so limpet is used in comparison to refer to people and things that cling tightly. Nice. So I could give you the other definition. The other definition is a marine mollusk, which has a shallow, you know, like a, like a clam. But used in comparison to refer to people and things that cling tightly, a toddler. A toddler is a limpet. He's a little limpet. <laughs> that little puppy you got, that's a limpet. She's adorable and you know it. Okay. So I think we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.